there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, this is Jermaine O'Neal, and you're listening to Setting a Pace on paceoftalk.net. Pacer fans, welcome into a special edition of, this is an actual special podcast, we're going to call it the Born Ready to Set the Pace podcast here, and you Let's guys go. can check this out on uh, PacersTalk.net, man, I'm, I'm losing my footing here, but anyways, we've got the guys from the Born Ready 2 pod joining us today for a special episode, six people on one episode, that's pretty hard to do, so uh, you guys want to introduce yourselves here for maybe some people that don't listen to you guys, that listen to just Setting the Pace? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm Jake Light. I obviously an avid Pacer fan, uh, high school varsity basketball coach, um, and just uh, podcaster. So, um, and yeah, recently I I think um, I am about to start with uh, eight points. Not wait, sorry. Yeah, eight points nine seconds. And uh, did I say that backwards? I think I did. Okay. And then, um, so uh, pumped about that. I'm I'm going a little crazy over here. I I came late to this meeting shindig, and I was like speeding to get here, thinking I was going to get pulled over. So I'm a little frazzled. But um, yeah, so I'm Jake, and uh, just basketball coach that uh, likes to write and likes to talk a little Pacers. Cool deal. I'm Chris, and uh, I am pretty much the host of Born Ready to Pod. Uh, kind of like the Alex over here of the podcast. So uh, keep these guys in line. But uh, been a Pacers fan for years. Uh, have a Pacers tattoo. Little fun ba- fact about me: it's on my calf. A couple years ago, I said I want to get a tattoo, and what's one tattoo I think I would never regret? So I went and got a Pacers tattoo. And a couple weeks later, Paul George had the injury at the Olympics, so it hasn't really been good to me since I got it. Um. <laughs> So then, yeah, now we're here. We're doing a podcast together, and uh, it's been fun so far. So, Cool deal. Yeah, and I'm Eric Hawk. Uh, I am the third member of uh, Born Ready to Pod. Interesting fact about me, I was born at home. Yeah, my mom had an emergency birth, so I'm kind of like born in a manger, and I've been a Pacers <laughs> fan ever since on a, on a farm. So that's a little bit about me, and uh, I think we're ready to start. Anything else? Yeah. No, no. Now that works, and of course we've got the president of the Jermaine O'Neal fan club, Mike Focci, and the coach and the insider, Tyler Smith. So we got two coaches on this show as well, uh, so that'll be fun between Jake and Tyler, and then just crazy Pacer fans here talking about what happened this summer. So we're just going to talk a little bit. I'll start with you, Tyler, since you've been MIA for about three to four weeks from our pod. Uh, what do you think of all the moves the Pacers made? Uh, overall, I like it. It's been a good off season. I think the only regret, the only uh, downside is not being able to uh, retain Bogdanovich, but you know, he was priced out of, uh, Indiana when you taught me that big offer. So I like what they've done. Uh, they've added a lot of scoring, a lot of interesting pieces. Brogdon was a huge get. And honestly, when you see Kevin Pritchard that excited over some of these moves, you got to feel at least, at least a little bit excited about it. And, I also feel like the team chemistry is going to be good still. There were some fans that have been uh, talking to me about maybe the chemistry is going to suffer with some of the guys that they lost, but I still feel like there's enough good guys in this locker room, and of course Brogdon is as well. So I think uh, 
overall good offseason. Pretty exciting uh, to be a fan at this point. Now, Jake, I know you've been pretty adamant about the Pacers needing another power forward because you don't want to give TJ Leaf those backup minutes. And, <laughs> you know, playing Sabonis there is kind of scary, too, because he's not really played that before with the Pacers. Right. So what are you what are you looking at with the rest of the roster? I mean, what can they do? Um, we've been big advocates of a guy like Kenneth Fareed, like an older guy that, um, he's been through the ringer before. Um, and we got money to spend. We got a roster spot, you know, to give as well. So, um, I just think that we have some question marks, marks, especially in our second unit. Um, you know, shooting guard with Jeremy Lamb starting until, uh, Oladipo gets back. There's some question marks there. Sumner didn't look super great in his uh, very little summer league action uh, and obviously we just signed him to a new three-year deal so um i just i just think there are some uh things we need to answer and i think uh playing time early we give that to the young guys and kind of see who's uh who's going to be in and who's going to be out i just i really like Sabonis in that second unit and uh watching him play power forward when it didn't work out great at times with with Turner I think that's kind of our biggest uh biggest question that we need going forward but overall we really like the moves especially Brogdon you guys hit on that uh it sucks losing Thad and uh, Bogey but I mean you got to get younger and we certainly got younger and more athletic this offseason so Chris I'll ask you this since we're talking about Sabonis a little bit should the Pacers extend him before the season um <clears throat> I think they should um be just because I think then it makes his trade value go up as well. So uh, you have two scenarios here. I don't. I mean, I'm a big bonus guy, big Turner guy. I don't want to trade either of them, but I'm just saying you have to be realistic here. So um, I think if you lock him up, you go ahead and give him a new deal uh, somewhere in the same price range as Miles Turner. Obviously, um, I think that you play them together, you see what happens. Um, I don't think it re- will work out in the long run. I mean, obviously we're hoping and praying that it does, but um, you know if it somehow unfortunately doesn't work out then you have Savonis locked up i know he would be a restricted free agent but you'll have him locked up for another three or four years and he'll be making a decent or he'll have a decent contract then and it kind of would make it match up better salary wise if you're trying to bring in a you know a decent talent to come to indiana so um i think that it's uh, probably a no-brainer i think i've seen reports too that said that they were uh they were highly likely to do it before the season started i don't know when it's going to be probably it will be in october like it was for turner but i did see that it was a highly likely possibility that the contract will get uh he'll get an extended contract yeah well let me ask you this hawk um so the pacers might have to make a decision between turner and sabonis what would be the pros and cons to you know trading one or the other and who do you think has more potential value in getting something in return that could help this roster I think for today's NBA value-wise, I think Miles probably has a little better value just because, uh, you know, Sabonis is kind of that one-dimensional big guy with, you know, not the jump shot. Although, in his limited shots from three last year, he actually shot it pretty efficiently. So I've always been a little excited about that, but I don't see that being part of his game, like majorly adding that much value. So I think Turner adds a little more. I, I'd like to – you know, go ahead and give Sabonis the extension. You can still trade him. I mean, people act like you can't trade one of them if you give him an extension. Like, if anything, if you get him for, like, a cheaper deal and he goes off this year, let's say he gets up in the 20s and maybe, like, 10 rebounds somehow, and then he just maybe has great trade value then, and Turner still does the thing where he guards the rim and shoots the three well. So, for me, Turner's got a little more value, and I'd like to keep Turner. But, I, man, do I love Sabonis. Like, I, it's yeah. it's a tough decision. It's like the biggest decision we've talked about this offseason since this t- new team's kind of formed. And 
I'm not really nervous about it because I think it can work, but playoff time, I I don't know if in, in playoff time it's the way to go. Well, Fachi, I'm coming to you now here to kind of close this out a little bit. And, you know, we look at that bench, and you've been very adamant that you want a veteran presence on this team because we do have a pretty young roster. But looking at this bench unit, you know, your most experienced guy right now with Oladipo being out is probably going to be Doug McDermott. So do you think the Pacers are relying too much on these on these young guys because you got you know a rookie and goga you got tj leaf who really hasn't had real minutes aaron holiday really didn't have real minutes sumner's not really had real minutes so that, i mean there's a lot of question marks about that bench and that depth i uh, i really do i think that adding a veteran i know you even made fun of me on the last podcast because i said it so many times <laughs> but they have to add a veteran the average age of this team being 24 and a half years it's just too young i get it it's oladipo's team sure but come on, he's not as much of the veteran who's been around the block year after year as you want. He's the 2013 draft, so you're about a, going into your sixth, seventh year in the league. I think that there are guys to add. I, I know that uh, we mentioned Kenneth Fareed before. I think Kenneth Fareed would be a great backup four on this team. Uh, I mentioned to Alex before that I would love a guy who's been around the block, like even like a perhaps like a Vince Carter. We don't really have the need for a Pau Gasol, but Kent Fareed is someone who's been around, can play right away, and I'm not ready to give those minutes to TJ Leaf either. And I feel like I caught some backlash the, the previous week of everyone coming to TJ TJ uh, Leaf's back saying, "No, we have to keep him. We have to keep him. Let's keep him." But we don't have to make him the backup four on this team. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're all on the same page. Yeah. We we've been. I, I mean, I think Alize has more potential than Leaf at this point. I don't know why Leaf didn't play in the summer league. We've we've hit on that a couple times. I think he's a guy. Such a slap that really, in the face. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, what has he done? I mean, he's not a sure thing by any means. Yeah. You know, I think we're all on the same page there. I don't think any of us can say, yeah, man, just mark this guy for eight and five, and let's let's call it a day. I don't think that that's very realistic. So I just think, you know. To the point you guys are making, we we need to answer some of those questions, and we are very young. And Holiday's going to struggle at points. We've seen that in the summer league where he just Seven makes some turnovers. turnovers. Yeah, and then there's thirty percent shooting. Yeah, Ugh. and there's going to be times where it's like, holy cow, this guy this guy should be the starting point guard. He's just so amazing. So he's going to be up and down. We don't know. We don't even know if Goga can walk a straight line yet and chew gum. Honestly, we haven't seen it. I mean, I've, I've watched some YouTube videos, but and I hope it works out. But we have a lot of question marks in that second unit. So uh, we do need some veterans. I like a guy like Justin Holiday, just somebody that's stable. He doesn't he yeah. doesn't have to be great, just somebody that's stable that we know can play in the NBA. Yeah, and so I think we still have two roster spots available. After they signed Alizé, they guaranteed his contract. And once T.J. McConnell's added to the books, they'd still have two contracts to go after so if they i like kenneth freed i think he'd actually be really good next to goga especially if they're going to use him to stretch the floor some i think another guy that we didn't mention is tabo cephalosha someone that can actually defend and that's what i'm really worried about is we don't have that lockdown defender on this roster that we've had in years past and honestly i know it's not going to happen but i think thaddeus young's deal for 13 million right now would be pretty nice on that pacers bench if you could somehow get rid of tj and and doug mcdermott and bring thad back if he would accept that bench role i think that would be a huge upgrade i know it's not what the bulls are going to do but i'm saying like a player like that would be what what the pacers need so just kind of for a little bit of fun here fun exercise i'm going to start with you tyler and we'll go around uh like we did last time so who do you think is going to lead the pacers in scoring with Oladipo out for the first half part of the season? 
I think that's a toss-up between uh, Brogdon and Sabonis. Um, there's, again, so many question marks if Sabonis is going to work out, but if they're thinking about getting him starting minutes, I mean, if you look at his, like, per 36, he could be a 20-10 and 10 type player, you know, if, if he's used correctly. Um, I, Brogdon talks about wanting to distribute more, but I feel like he's going to uh, – I'll probably lean towards him just a little bit because of the three-headed monster that they're hoping to have at, big, at the big spot, so I'll go Brogdon for now. Okay, Fachi. I'm going Brogdon as well. I, I think that everything's aligning where with Oladipo out, I think he's going to be a major part of this offense. I see him at about 17 points per game for now, which I think we're going to have a lot of players at that 17, 15, 15, 14. I think the Pacers are going to have a lot of those. I'm high on Sabonis as well. I think he's going to be averaging around that 15 and a half ball go as well. So I'm saying Brogdon at 17, but a lot of guys pretty close to that. Hawk? I'm going to say Sabonis just because of the how greatly I think the pick and roll. He just plays so well off Brogdon and Lamb. I think that's really where he's going to get like 10 points a game just from those pick and rolls. So I'm going to also go Sabonis. I'm going to go ahead and change it up even though I uh, do believe it will probably be Brogdon. I'm just going to say just to be different, I'll just say TJ Warren. Why not? He, he got buckets in Phoenix, so just throw him out there. You know, he's. I don't think he's going to be the leading scorer, but everybody else said who I who I thought. So I'm just going T.J. Warren. So no Miles Turner, huh? No. I, actually, actually, uh, <laughs> I am going to say Miles Turner, and I think Hawk hit on something big there. Um, you know, Miles has that natural ability to step outside, uh, knock down the the three ball, fifteen foot jump shot. And I've actually, you know, we, we've fallen in love with these videos of guys being in, in great shape. But it looks like he is really trying to add some weight. I think he really does want to bang around a little bit. Sabonis is going to take uh, – somebody is going to have to guard Sabonis that is physical. Um, and that pick-and-roll game, I, I really do think that's going to lead to a lot more Miles Turner shots, even if it's Sabonis the one setting the screen because of the help side defense. So um, I would not be shocked at all to see Miles Turner – uh, lead the team in points for the first couple weeks, especially if they do get that pick and roll game going. And I really actually liked Jeremy Lamb as well. I, I think he's a guy you, uh, you know, you sprinkle a little bit of water on him, he's going to get you 15 points a game. It's just going to grow. It's going to sprout. Um, and I really liked him last year. We talked about him as a potential replacement immediately after Oladipo got hurt as like a one year guy, maybe trade a first round pick for. And I think he could be really good, especially because Brogdon isn't especially assertive offensively quite yet. Mm-hmm. And I think Lamb could naturally. Um, be a, be the major benefactor in the backcourt. Yeah, no, that's that, those are really good points, and I agree. I mean, it is interesting. TJ Warren's kind of like a question mark for me because I really don't know what to expect from him. He's been injury prone. He really hasn't shown that he can be a you know a contributor on a contender. It's been on a crap team in Phoenix. So you know, thank God for James Jones going out there and saving the Pacers summer by overpaying yeah. for Rubio and trading us TJ Warren for nothing. But uh, right. well, but yeah, so I. For me, though, I think I would probably I was leaning more Sabonis, but I do think it's probably a toss-up between, in my opinion, Sabonis and T.J. Warren. I just don't think Brogdon's going to be that, you know, go-to scorer like that. I just feel like he's going to try to set things up, get others involved, and be more of the dominant, you know, defense defensive player for the Pacers on the wing than more so trying to score offensively, just wanting to get guys set up. So, but anyway, I think we've talked enough about stuff we look forward to this season. But we, you guys ready to play some trivia? I'm ready. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Pacer fans, I encourage you guys to check out PacersTalk.net. 
where we have launched a brand new website earlier this summer where we're covering the team going forward. You can look at the roster, see what new players are on the team. You can check out the articles we have, our YouTube channels on there as well. Make sure you guys check it out. And of course, you can hear all of our podcasts on PacersTalk.net. Let's get back to the show. All right, we are back and we are ready to play some Pacers trivia here on setting the pace. Actually, excuse me, born ready to set the pace. I forgot we are doing a collab here, so creature of habit. But, yes, we are born ready to set the pace. And, yeah, so we are on Skype right now with our friends from Born Ready to Pod, and we are going to go back and forth playing a little bit of trivia. So I will not be playing in this. I'll be hosting. I'll be asking the questions. And just so everybody knows, nobody is using their phones for this. It's all just at the top of our head. We're going to do about, you know, 10 seconds to kind of get your thoughts together with your with your teammates there and come up with the answers. So uh, we have Setting the Pace, Tyler Smith and Mike Focci versus the guys from Born Ready to Pod. So since we have you guys on as our guest, let me see here. Do you guys want to go first or you want to go second? First. I think we want to go first. I think we're, I think we're going to set the pace here. Okay, okay. All right. Well, this is round one, and the topic is playoffs. So, question number one. Rick Smith's game winner over the Orlando Magic is one of the greatest moments in Pacers history. Who was the player who famously bit on Smith's pump fake? Oh, God. Famously? There's a whole story about it. That's what I was saying. All right. I think think we're going to go out and let – we're going to guess Horse Grant. That is incorrect. The answer is Tree Rollins. Yeah, when I got no, wasn't getting that one. So the the story is Tree Rollins was on the bench and he said, guys, whatever you do, don't bite for the pump fake. Don't bite for the pump fake. They subbed Tree Rollins actually into the game. He wasn't even in the game. He was a veteran. And they put him on Smith's and Smith's got the pump fake. And guess who jumped? Tree Rollins, the guy that was telling everybody on that young Orlando Magic team not to bite for it. So That's how good Rick Smith was. It's too tempting. I mean, it's the Dunkin' Dutchman. I mean, you got to go for it. <laughs> All right, so question two goes to the guys from setting the pace for round one. What celebrity did Spike Lee visit in the Marion County Jail during the 1994 Eastern Conference Finals between the Pacers and Knicks? I believe I got it. Uh, you can talk uh, to Tyler. All right, Tyler, uh, my guess it was going to be Tupac Shakur. Was he still alive in 94? Yes, he was. 96 <laughs> is when he passed. Okay. Uh, he was in Marion, huh? Well, I mean, I don't have any leads right now, so we'll go with your guess on this. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Nope, we're good. Yep. I mean, can we steal this, like Family Feud? Uh, <laughs> no, but that is well, we gotta get inc- that's your answer, Tupac? <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's incorrect. Born Ready to Pod, do you want to give the answer? I I don't know it. I'm not much of a hip-hop guy. I'm sure it's Mike Tyson, right? It was Mike Tyson. Let's go. No points, though, because that was not your question. So, See, if you would have said you'd go second, you would have got that question. Got so that we right. so we both basically have one because you knew our answer yeah, and we knew theirs. I don't know if they knew the answer. Did you guys know the answer? True. Uh, I wasn't going to get that. No, I just knew it was the backup yeah, on, on the magic. The answer. I, All right. I okay. steals. I'm not doing steals. It's That's all right. No, if it's all together, it'd be easier so I could hear answers. I just want to be the least Pacer related question I've ever heard for that last one. <laughs> it was part of the whole Pacers uh, winning winning time, thirty for thirty. It's a whole thing with Reggie Miller and Spike Lee. Come on, Flachi. You you're from New York. 
who did Spike Lee visit in prison during that? Like, <laughs> hey, did Born Ready to right. Pod know it? I think they did. All right, so now we're gonna go to round two. Do you guys want the first question or the second question? Oh no, dude, you guys gotta pick this one. Yeah, you guys. All pick right, this you one. guys pick Tyler. First or second? Well, I guess we'll take the first one. We'll just mix it up. <laughs> All right. All right. So, not including Oladipo, who led the Pacers in scoring last season? You ready? Yeah. All right. Boyan Bogdanovich. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. yeah. Like that one. We All should right. have taken one. <laughs> All right, question two for you guys. Who was the only play- Pacer to play in all 82 games last season? All right, well, it wasn't there, Turner. It wasn't Sabonis. It wasn't... Did Bojan miss games? Collison. Was it Fat? Evans missed games. Dude, I, I don't know. It's a hint, just because it's a little bit more difficult. Don't forget that last game against Atlanta was a throwaway game where almost all the starters set. Right, right, right. Well, it might have been Doug McDermott, dude. It might have been that dumbass. Sorry. I don't know if you guys do cussing. I apologize. We do a lot of cussing, so I'll try to. It's either somebody we're forgetting or it's Corey Joseph. Oh. Uh, Did he play the last game? Ten seconds, right? Oh. Uh, (laughs) All right. I need a final answer. What do we got? Didn't Doug just, like, not play just one straight it. game? I, I don't think it's Doug, but just say it. We'll say Doug McDermott. I'm pretty sure he didn't. I think he had a DNP, though. It's yeah. incorrect. It was Corey Joseph. Yeah. All right. Son of a... I think, I think McDermott had a DNP, like, in the middle of the season where he, like, didn't play even... I mean, he didn't even, like, get off the bench at all. I honestly can't remember. I was just looking it up last night, so I wouldn't have probably got that either. So, there you go. All right. That's now we're going to round three. The category is jerseys. Born Ready 2 Pod, do you guys want the first question or the second question? You take the first. We'll just take the first. All right. There are two former Pacers All-Stars who wore the jersey number 24. Who are they? 24. Paul George or 20. It might be... Would it be... Uh, I know he changed his number, I'm pretty sure. Was it Antonio? No, he wasn't with the Pacers. No, 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 no. no. He was an all-star with the Raptors. No, one Jackson. So these are Pacers all-stars. They were all-stars when they would play for the Pacers, and during their career with the Pacers, they wore jersey number 24. I'm pretty sure he was 24 once. One of them was Brad Miller. He was 24. He was like 50. Are we just going to guess? We're going to guess Paul George is one. Okay, that's correct. And who's the other one? We we said Rick Smith. Rick Smith is correct. He was 24 in one season. I love it. All right. Setting the pace, question number two. Who is the only Pacer to wear number double zero in the franchise's history? Oh. I don't even say it. I don't even say it. <laughs> well, I, can't, I can't type it in my phone either. I'm sorry. I guess I can't. Fauci's the, jer- the Jersey guy. Are you there? Yeah, I'm, I'm here, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's definitely a tough one. That wasn't like uh, Sarunas or Pollard or somebody no, like that. No, it wasn't. Sarunas was three. I remember that. I had that um, jersey. Had Sarunas. Wow, that's I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much use you got out of that, but I respect it. Uh, all right, <laughs> double zero, no distractions. Um, let's see. <laughs> no hints, no hints, right? These are hard. I mean, they got a hint last time. If you want to throw one our way, we, we'll Great. take it. Okay, <laughs> so he was he played for the Pacers. For like, it's probably the last ten years. So it's one of the guys who was on the team in the last ten years. 
the last and 10 years. Yeah, we should know that. He was a guard in the last 10 years. All right, you got three seconds. Three, two, one. Give me an answer. Just throw a guard out there. Orlando Johnson. No. All right, you guys know what it is over there at Born Ready? We're going to guess Aaron Brooks. Aaron, Aaron Brooks, Brooks was is correct. Aaron Brooks. All right. Wow. Damn. I told you these were hard. Yeah. We need to work on our Pacers trivia, people. I think it's 1-1. One, one. Is it 1-1? It one, is 1-1 one? One one right now. All right. All right, setting the pace. This is uh, NBA draft, round four. Do you want to take the first question or the second question? Let's do first. All right. The Pacers have had the 13th pick in the NBA draft three times. Name two players who were drafted with the 13th pick. Uh, ooh. I, uh, mm. Was that Danny? Or was he? Uh, no. No, it wasn't. No. Uh, let's see. 13. Uh one of them, I think Hansborough. I have one of them. I think Hansborough. I have one of them. Hansborough uh, is one Hansborough. of them. Yeah, I got Hansborough. Okay. Um, uh, let's see. Just pick a white guy. You're probably right. <laughs> Miles was 11. Hibbert was 17. So was 13 he was, Rush? He was drafted before 2000. Ooh. Oh, uh, well. Mm, that's tough. Uh, wait, wait. Would you say he was drafted before two thousand? Before two thousand, the other one. There was two of them. They were both drafted before two thousand. Give you five seconds. Uh, all right. I think I'm. I think I might have it. Okay, go for it. I'm gonna say Al Harrington. Nope. All right. That was your uh-huh. final answer. Is Tyler anything else? Derek McKee. No. Throw it out there. All right. <laughs> so there were three players drafted 13th overall. Tyler Hansborough from UNC was one. Dell Davis, 1991 from Clemson. And then in 1979, a guy by the name of Dudley Bradley, who I've never heard of. But I thought Dale might be somebody that people knew about. So, uh, so we, get half a get, point. we get half a point for that. We got uh, one. <laughs> I, okay. I'll give you a, a no. You didn't get it right. <laughs> All right, so for Born Ready to Pod, the Pacers had the 17th pick in back-to-back NBA drafts. Who did the Pacers select, and what school did they go to? Was it? I think you're right. Okay, yeah, I got it. I got it. Sean Williams. Here's, here's here's what I'll tell you about Hibbert. I don't. He wasn't drafted by the Pacers. They traded for his rights. Yeah. So okay. This was drafted okay. By so drafted by. I don't know. So we don't know the year. Did they give us the year? No, you, you didn't say the year. I said back-to-back years. I didn't want to give the year away because it would give away the answer. I would say Sean Williams. I thought he was 17, and then the year after I thought Hibbert was always. Yeah, but I the... thought he was 17. But no, he was in the 20s. No, come on. What did they do in 06? They Safety, I just shit my pants. Yeah, you did. I just farted. Very when loud. Sean Williams was 06, I lied. Yeah. They so who's taking 07? So it can be him. Danny Granger. I'm just going to guess here. I, Danny Granger, New Mexico, and Sean Williams went to Memphis. That is correct. Let's go! So now we have a 2-1 to one lead for Born Ready 2 Pot heading into the fifth round. All right. <laughs> you guys want the first question or the second question? Oh, do we? We'll go second this time. Okay. All right. True or false is this round. So, set the pace. Bojan Bogdanovic's contract with the Utah Jazz was for more money than Thaddeus Young and Corey Joseph's uh, contracts combined. True or false? 
You mean what they got this year? Yes, what they got this year in the in the summer. Um, that'd be false, and wouldn't it? Because didn't they Corey and Thad both got pretty big deals, didn't they? It is false. They got eighty million, where Bojan got around seventy three million. So. Yeah. So you guys got that one. Now it's tied two to two. All right. True or false? Reggie Miller had the best single season free throw percentage in Pacers franchise history. Oh. I'm trying to think here. I'm wondering if is there any minimums like are we just saying like like minimum attempts? Like you know what what? I'm saying? Like did this like dude shoot like two free throws? No. This is like All right, that's all. For like a uh for like a season. He has the best record free throw wise percentage for a season. I mean he's a hell of a free free first shooter, but I feel like it's a trick question, but then it might not be. <laughs> so we don't really know. So fifty fifty. Okay. Uh, I wanna say false. That is correct. It is false. Chris Mullen, ninety seven, ninety eight season shot ninety four percent. I was gonna guess Jalen Rose, so I would have had a lefty, just wrong skin color. Trick. <laughs> well, that is good. You guys have got three in a row, so that's pretty impressive. All right. So setting the pace, you want first question or second question for round six? Fachi pick. First. All right. First. <gasps> Bobby Slick Leonard. This is coaches, by the way. Bobby Slick Leonard is the longest tenure coach in Pacers history with 985 games coached in the regular season and 116 games in the playoffs. Who is the second longest tenured Pacers coach? Uh, I think Vogel. Is that your answer? Mm-hmm. Uh, there, that Vogel only did three years with the team. Larry did three. Uh, I think... Vogel did Vogel, coach more than three years. Vogel has the most uh, wins three. outside of Slick, I think. Is that your answer, Frank Vogel? That's what I would uh, say. Wait, 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 wait. I believe, I, be, I want to say, didn't Isaiah do five years? I'm not going to help you anymore. Yeah, I know. <laughs> cool. Tyler, Fachi, make a final decision. Someone's got to step up here and make the final decision. I would say Vogel, but Fachi, it's. Uh, I mean, I, I think I think he did more than Isaiah at least. Um, that's your final answer. Uh, it's. It, I guess. I guess we can do Vogel because he became the head coach in half of the season. All right, Fachi, quit so I guess that Quit overthinking. Right. Tyler's right. It was Frank Vogel, All right, Vogel. with four hundred and thirty-one <laughs> regular season wins and fifty-nine playoff wins. It's kind of funny nice. that he's the second longest tenured Pacers coach. Yeah. yeah. And now it's not a good LeBron. sign. <laughs> it's really not, not a good sign. So no. this next one's a little bit more difficult, so I apologize. Uh, <laughs> uh, there have been two coaches in Pacers NBA, not ABA history, to win Coach of the Year. Who are they? Larry Bird's one. Uh, like I said, I tried to make them incrementally harder as they got along, so this is kind of uh, uh, off-the-wall one. This is before the 2000s. So nobody one. recently in the last 20 years. Okay, we're going to say say Larry Bird. Larry Bird. Okay. We'll say Jack Ramsey. It was actually Jack McKinney, 1980 McKinney. to 1981, was the other coach of the year. Dang. Tyler, you knew that one? Yeah. I, it was, I think I remembered it from, like – 
this past year some trivia. I forget even where I saw it, but I remember those two names. Very All right, random. We're tied up. Tied, we're tied up three to three going round. into round seven. Game so, seven. And I don't even have a tiebreaker either, so this is not good. Um, but I guess we'll have to figure one out. We'll, we'll just start counting whoever counts highest wins eventually. <laughs> All right, so round seven. We're going to go with uh, Born Ready to Pod. Do you want the first or second question? Oh, oh, this is a trick. I don't know. What do we want? Let's, I mean, let's get first. Let's get first. We're, go, we're going first. First? Okay. Decision. What all did the Pacers trade in the 1999 NBA draft to acquire the draft rights to Jeff Foster from the Golden State Warriors? Eric Dampier? I don't know. I, I think that's actually – hold on. No, Can you repeat the question? Earlier, I, I don't know. Can you repeat what, the question? I'm what sorry. all did the Pacers trade in the 1999 NBA draft to acquire the draft rights to Jeff Foster from the Golden State Warriors? I don't know if there was a pick involved. <laughs> uh, the question kind of gives you a hint if there was, because I didn't say who. I said what all did the Pacers trade in the 1999 NBA draft? Right. Gotta be picks, but hell, I don't know. Maybe they traded a 2019 pick or some shit. The way if they you can do get it the now. player right, I'll give you the point. I just don't know if Dampier was still on the team then. I can't remember. I don't think he was. Yeah. Just say it. That's the only person I can think of. I can't. Is that right? Or is it? Probably not. <laughs> Harrington's too early. No, it wasn't. I know. I'm trying to think. You think 1999 was when this trade happened. All right. Well, you just want to guess. Yeah, we'll say Eric Dampier. That is incorrect. Do either of you guys know? Uh, no, I know Dampier only did one year, I think it was, with the Pacers. But, uh, yeah. Oof. It was Vontigo Cummings. Uh, oh, damn, we're right there. We were so close. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you guys might have done better with this question. Uh, question two, it's still a little Sounds bit- positive. Interesting, but when the Pacers traded the draft rights of Jared Bayless and Ike Diago to Portland in 2008 NBA draft, they received three players in return. Who were they? All right, I got one of them off the bat is Brandon Rush. Um, uh, Rosh Nesterovich, I think. Oh, no, that that one. Rush was in uh, the Hibbert deal, so backpedaling on that. All right, so Brandon Rush. Is it the – the center that was Solomon, or no? Is that different? My way off. Oh, talking oh you're talking about Solomon Jones. Yeah, am right. I my way off? I don't know why he came to mind uh, just now. All right, so you I said they got, got three ten players. Ten seconds left. They got three <laughs> players. Uh, well, I think that was a little short on the time limit there, but uh, <laughs> compared to some of the previous ones. But all right, you said they got three players. Hey, you're, they're um, the guests. They get more time. I know got, it was Brandon Rush. You got one. You got Brandon Rush. That's correct. Yeah, I know. I know that. Um, hmm. I'm watching us watch you guys right now. It's kind of awesome. <laughs> Do you have any more, Tyler? Anybody coming to you? If I had another twenty minutes, probably. All right, I'll give you a hint. One of them went to Duke. no. Let's give him twenty minutes. Let's see what we got. <laughs> One of the players went to Duke. Oh. All right, they didn't yeah, get it right, it. so we'll let you guys right. both answer it. Josh McRoberts. Definitely okay, Grant Hill. Josh McRoberts. <laughs> no, nah, it Brandon, was, yeah. Brandon Rush, and who was the third player? Oh, uh, let me – hold on. Don't tell us yet. Uh, God, who was it? 
I know this, and when I hear it, I'm going to be pissed. Was he, uh, so, uh, we're just guessing, right? So is it a guard? It is a guard. Uh, okay. Um, uh, all right, just tell us. Yeah, j- wait. Jared Jack. Jared yeah. Jack. Oh, oh, man. That's rough. Yeah. That's rough. Did he like, break his leg or something like a couple years ago in his like career? Yeah. Like just Yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah. Okay, so we're tied at three to three. How do we want to break the tie? I suppose you just say it's a draw, and everybody knows. Everyone knows that we're the sports experts of the Pacers yeah, now. We that's, just that's dead luck. Next, next time we come on, we'll have to break the tie. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to come on your show and uh, have one of you guys come up with questions. There you go. Yeah. I was just going to say if we want to do a tiebreaker, I have uh, we could do another trade one. We could say what all do the Pacers um, and we'll see whoever answers it the fastest or whoever gets the most pieces out of the trade uh, wins the tiebreaker. We could do that, and we could say what all did the Pacers receive from the Golden State Warriors when they traded Steven Jackson, Severinus Hesikavichis, and Al Harrington. Dunleavy. Dunleavy, Murphy. I, I, Diago. Diago. Yeah. And I believe Donald Sloan. No, no way. He, no. That's way too late. I mean, he was way too. Uh, nope. He came uh, way later. Nope. Uh, I don't know about that. I, I do know about that. I know who it is. I'm not even looking. He's a. Oh, I know. I know the name on the top of my tongue. Oh wait. You, you, okay, so you said Troy Murphy, Mike Dunleavy, Ike Diago, and uh, so Born Ready Pod's got to get this. Is it? Tie. Is it Keith McLeod? It is Keith McLeod. It is. It is. We're still out of tie, so no one wins. Okay. So we yeah. tie. So we tied the tiebreaker. <laughs> this is not the way Pacers trivia was supposed to go, but okay. <laughs> Just so, heartache. I mean, Pacers fandom is heartache. It was heartache not winning this uh, this trivia. So this is. I mean, it feels normal. That's, it. Yeah. That's good. You didn't lose, and no one lost playoffs, and you didn't have to worry about getting a lottery pick. So. We're not used to winning in Game Sevens very often, so we just right. tie it, tie Game Sevens. Yes. In, in classic fashion, we, we finished with the 18th pick. You know. <laughs> well, maybe my questions were a little too hard. I actually changed them from some of the ones I had yesterday. I just thought that these were easier, but maybe I'm just too much of a weirdo that I know this stuff. But uh, I like them. I like them. We had a show last summer where we had another group on, and we asked them, like, who was the 10th leading rebounder in Pacers history? So <laughs> our questions were a lot harder. Okay, well, do you guys know who led the who leads the franchise history in most fouls committed? That was one of my questions that took off. I, I'd say I, Reggie I, Miller. This was, this was one of the questions I had in our trivia. I don't remember who it was, though. I would say Rick Smits. Yeah, it was Smits. Because he was always in foul trouble. That's what you got to remember yeah, when yeah. he played. Always in foul trouble. He couldn't guard Shaq for his life. Ironically, he always went for the pump fake. <laughs> that is true. It all comes back to that first question. So, All right. Yeah. Well, that was Pacers trivia. Hopefully everybody liked it. Did we get any uh, fun comments back on Periscope? Um, I was trying not to pay attention because people were uh, oh, giving the answers. So, yeah, I dropped it down and uh, – I quit. I, well, I wasn't really looking at it. Usually, people have stupid stuff to stay anyway. Most of the time, so. usually, or compl- people are complimenting our boyish good Some looks. Some guy was making fun of our setup. We actually have the laptop sitting on a chair right now. So he was he was saying it's a ghetto podcast or something. So, well, the good news is everybody knows now that we weren't looking at our phones trying to find the answer. There you go. So yeah, we that's true. Terrible. Did it fair, and we were definitely not fed the questions in advance. So yes. 
That's for sure. I kept my word. I'm an honest person. People know that now. If you were worried, I am honest. But all right, well, let's go ahead and wrap this segment up. We will come back with my man Hawk Show. Around the association. A little around around the association. association. All right, we'll be right back. I've never actually been that close to you and my eardrums are like rock right now. <laughs> oh, that is so great. <laughs> All right. First topic, I think what we'll do is we'll just go, we'll talk about it and then we'll throw it to you guys or maybe one of us will talk about it and then you guys can talk about it if that's all right with you. Whatever works Whatever. for you. We're just kind of winging it right now, so. All right, perfect. First up, we got Marcus Morris has backed out of a contract agreement with the San Antonio Spurs, reportedly two years, $20 million, accepted a one-year, $15 million deal with the Knicks. I felt like it was not I was not informed properly of the Spurs deal, says Morris, who after the incident fired his agent, Rich Paul. What do you guys got on this? Um, I'm going to say that, uh, I mean, any guy who would – you know, leave an offer on the table from the San Antonio Spurs and go to the New York Knicks. Uh, he's got uh, a lot more cojones than I would because I would never do that. Uh, it seems like a really stupid move by him. Uh, and obviously, Rich Paul's behind the scenes there working it. So I don't know. I don't really understand what is he, what his motive was. Um, maybe he fired Rich Paul because yeah. And then now the Knicks have like now the Knicks. Oh yeah, he did fire him. Yeah, oh yeah, it makes it. no sense. They have 18 power forwards on the roster now. So I yeah, I just I don't get it. No. I would say I think he's just trying to hit free agency earlier. How could he not be aware of that deal? Of course, you're aware of the deal that's presented. It's believed that he fired Rich Paul over the 41 million dollar deal that was turned down from the Clippers. Uh, so clearly Morris just did not get the money that he was hoping for. He figures, hey, you know, the Knicks probably won't be too good at all. He'll be able to rebound his value and, and hit free agency again. But not a good look, uh, especially no. spurning the Spurs. Just not good. All right. Yeah, yep. Sure. All right. <clears throat> Next up, we got Memphis Grizzlies won the Las Vegas Summer League on Monday, July 15th, beating the Timberwolves Summer League team 95-92. to the Grizzlies' first-round pick from Gonzaga, Brandon Clark, chipped in 15 points and grabbed 16 rebounds as he was named the MVP of the championship game and the MVP of the Summer League. After undergoing minor knee surgery last month, John Morant did not play in the Summer League. Do you guys watch any of these games? Do you have anything to say? Um, I, yes, I watch the games. Clark is one of those guys. I have no life. I'm a teacher, and I just watch Summer League games all summer because I'm a degenerate. Now, um, <laughs> Clark was one of those guys who I, I really wanted the Pacers to go after. Uh, I know if you listen to our, you know, the draft night podcast where we got a little emotional about uh, Goga, um, it, it got a little emotional. He, he can really play, and he's a, he's a natural rebounder. Um, I don't think he's going to – he reminds me a little bit of uh, Braden Wright, Brandon Wright or whatever. I, he, he, has the, he has the ability to step out and shoot the 15-footer, but 
uh, to me, he's probably a traditional, uh, you know, maybe like eight points, eight rebound type guy uh, who can make a difference on the defensive end. And I was impressed with Memphis. I mean, they, they really played hard. And like you mentioned, no Morant. So um, I actually I was actually impressed with several players. Uh, I know we talked Pacers Summer League uh, might be the worst team in the history of Pacers Summer League. But I mean, there were some players that really made made their you know names known. And I always love watching the Summer League. So what do you guys think about um, Memphis? If you watched any of it or maybe the Pacers Summer League in general? Uh, I didn't watch Memphis too much. Um, I thought that they got a nice young core over there. Brandon Clark was someone who I was a little bit hesitant at first just because he had been around. He had been five years in college, having transferred from San Jose State to Gonzaga. Uh, But obviously the Pacers could have made that pick happen, and I'm not going to read into it too much because Josh Hart absolutely balled out last year in Summer League, looked amazing, and then last year didn't really look that great. So I also don't want to – Trey Young was horrible last year in Summer League, so – I don't really take too much from Summer League. Honestly, the Pacers were so terrible this year. I think I watched a total of like seven minutes of Summer League with the Pacers, and I was like, okay, I got to turn this off. It was just, it was absolutely so terrible, especially without Goga playing. I really didn't have any reason to go watch guys I've already seen play before and then guys that aren't going to make the roster. So no, nothing really intrigues me unless you have like a, a pick from that, that year playing in the Summer League to see what they look like on an NBA, on an NBA court. But yeah, I mean, I know Akun Purcell is a lot of people's you know favorite guy from the summer league but i could really care less about the Pacers summer league team just ready for the season to start oh yeah i liked what i saw out of alizé johnson though i gotta say that oh he did he's the savior oh yeah all right ben simmons of the philadelphia 76ers have reportedly reached an agreement on a max rookie extension worth 170 million over the next five over the next six years for so five-year extension uh, the contract will run through 2025 NBA season. Simmons is a former Rookie of the Year in his second season in 2018 and an All-Star last season. He has never made a three-point shot in his career. What are your thoughts on this contract? Uh, well, I mean, I feel like if you're the 76ers, you probably have to pay him. But, I I mean, the max, that's a lot of money for a dude that can't shoot or won't shoot. I don't know. Is, is it worse that you can't shoot or that you won't shoot? I feel like even if you can't shoot, even probably, when I go to the Y, and I, yeah, well, I'm saying like, you know, if I go to the YMCA and I'm not a great shooter, if I just shoot like two or three of them early or, you know, two or three shots early, they're like, oh, this guy thinks he can shoot. I better get out on him. He must know he can shoot a little bit. So, uh, you know, Ben Simmons, poor guy. My question to you is, I mean, I think obviously they had to give him the money. Um, or trade him, and obviously they can still trade him even with that contract. So um, if if we gave you guys 160 games, how many threes, and 34 minutes a game, how many threes do you think you could hit in that amount of time? Could you hit 10 in 160 Tyler. games? Tyler, you answer this one. Uh, yeah, I think I could accidentally make a couple more than Ben, but you know, this is the year that Ben's going to hit one. He's going to hit one three this year. <laughs> Just one? Over one of them's one. going in. I don't even think he'll shoot another one. It's going to be a half quarter at the end of the first half. All right. I like that. No, I just, I'm sitting here thinking 160 games and we all like, we've all made as many three point shots in an NBA game as Ben Simmons. And he's getting paid like 160 million or something crazy like that. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy to think about. 
It really is. I think it's one of those you touched on it. They had to give him that money, but I don't know if he's going to be able to continuously get better to live up to that contract. I thought he kind of came back the exact same player this year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Still a very good player, and I love when Jake compares any NBA action to his YMCA game. Never gets old. Yeah, <laughs> never gets old for me. You got to step on the court, you know. All right, the NBA Board of Governors has approved a coach's challenge next season. The new role is a one-year trial period for the NBA during this next upcoming season. The things a coach can challenge: a called personal foul against their team, a called out-of-bounds violation, a goaltending or back basket interference call with under two minutes left in the fourth quarter over time f's can refs can now challenge the goaltending or out of bounds calls that are close to initiate the challenge the coach must first have a legal timeout to make the challenge if you have no timeouts you cannot make the challenge thoughts uh my first thought is this came about two years too late Uh, we all know the gold, the gold tin that LeBron had in that game five. Uh, well, let me interrupt you real quick. I'm not trying to take yeah. your answer, but I just Go ahead. was listening yesterday to Chris Denary talk to Dan Burke about it. And Dan Burke actually went to the meetings in Las Vegas talking about the coaches challenge. And because the, there was no gold tin call, the Pacers can't challenge it. So even though, really? there, yeah. So even though there was a gold tin, if it's not called, it can't be challenged. So well, that's dumb. I know. That's what I thought. I think it's just kind of stupid that they're doing that. I mean, if you're going to challenge them, then it should be able to. Be I mean, if it's on the yeah, if it's on the backboard, like obviously I can see it. Maybe it makes it a close call if it's in the air. But if it goes on the backboard and you go to, I have to. That's absolutely should be reviewable. So yeah, it's kind of frustrating if they're not going to do it right. Yeah. So um, I mean. NBA games now, it's good that they're not doing it under two minutes. They already have the reviews in place, but, you know, the last, like, five minutes of an NBA game always feel like they take a century. So this is just going to add to it and make it an even longer viewing experience, more commercials, more timeouts, Um, you know. So it's just going to, you know, be an extra timeout for the players, and hopefully it does good, but uh, from listening to what you just said, I'm kind of pissed now. (laughs) Yeah, it's frustrating to me. I just, I don't understand it, and, like, he he brought up the the whole entire. Uh, I guess Bojan got fouled really hard last year against the Raptors, and the, yeah. the, they didn't call the foul. And so he said, "Could they challenge that?" And they said, "No, because the foul wasn't originally called." So nothing can be challenged unless it's originally called, and I think that's just kind of bogus. And they yeah. said that for the challenge, they'll like have to like like make a circle, and they'll have to do it at the next dead ball, or the coach will have to call a timeout, and then make a circle sign so that the officials have to come over and review that call as a coach's challenge. It sounds like they really don't know what they're doing with it. So (laughs) it's like an experimental thing, which they have to get a flag though, right? I mean, you have to get a flag. flag. I mean, we said there's no flags. I was hoping more for like a buzzer or something. It seems like it's a lot like Doug McDermott on defense. No one knows what the hell's going on and it's not going (laughs) to end. Well, (laughs) I disagree. I I think this is, this is Silver's way of, like, everyone thinks Silver's just the biggest genius of all time. He's going to start this process. In three years, I trust the NBA to have this figured out to a T. Hopefully, either that or it's a disaster. So, I mean, let's just enjoy the ride. Yeah, do you have any more? Uh, I got a couple more. Let's go for it. Um, the J.R. Smith Cleveland era is over. The Cavaliers, 
released a shooting guard Monday before his $15 million contract began guaranteed for next season. Smith is now 33 and played in just 11 games last season. Once he clears waivers, he can sign anywhere. The Lakers have already said no thanks, but other possibilities include the Rockets, Sixers, Bucks, and Heat. Do you think JR could still contribute for a contender? So let's setting the pace take this yeah, one first. Yeah, setting the pace, take it. Take Smith. I definitely do. I think Jr. he's like a career 37% shooter from three. Um, I don't want any part of him in Indiana, but I do still think that on a cheap deal, he can be a contributor. You know, Houston loves to shoot the threes, and they're a bit strapped for cash. I feel like that's a team that I would love to acquire Jr. if they can. Yeah, I think it's a little, like, it's weird. I, I think, yes, he could. Obviously, he's not going to have a big role on a contending team, but... I mean, this guy, he, he will shoot it, and he obviously has, I mean, a lot like my Doug McDermott defensive reference. He has no clue what's going on in the game, as we've seen in a finals game where he pretty much cost the Cavs at least a chance to beat the Warriors in game one a few years ago. So the guy has no conscience. Um, he'd be perfect in Houston. I actually think he would be even better in Portland. I think Portland's a good spot. It's a place where he can go out, he can he can do his drugs illicitly, and uh, he'll be celebrated, and he can hit some threes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like that take. I, I have no idea where J.R. Smith fits in, where he's at mentally being out the whole season last year. But I, I don't know. Just I'd like to just see him play without a shirt on for the whole entire season. That'd be pretty cool. You know, hey, what, of all though? people, Mark Mark Boyle is that big J.R. Smith fan. Who knew? Yeah, he put, on, he put it on social media. He said the association needs this guy playing, so he's hoping that he catches on somewhere. He, he is entertaining. I'll give him yeah. that. Earl Smith. Earl Smith the third on the pot on his call, which I think is hilarious. And I think, you know, I actually, you know, speaking of fits, like personality wise, I just got back from my honeymoon uh in, oh, in Denver, Colorado. Oh. And I think I just filled Denver the vibe Union. of the town. I think he could go back there. It definitely fits his personality and uh, I think his style, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It, it definitely does, but if you were the Nuggets, that is not what you need right now as they're trying <laughs> to make, make the way to the next level. Hey, the Pacers yeah, could bring him on. He's a veteran presence, Fachi. <laughs> That's not yeah. the veteran I'm looking for. Yeah, I'm no looking thanks. for veterans, but I got a, a short list of guys I don't want, and he's on there. He'd be perfect for conservative Indiana. I think he'd bring a lot of spice to our, our culture. <laughs> Uh, spice might be the wrong spice. word, actually. Spice <laughs> is the wrong word. I'm sorry. K2. All right, last one. I'm going to steal Hawks Thunder here. Read the last one for you guys. ESPN has released their post-finals power rankings. Listed in order for the top ten. Bucks, Nuggets, Clippers, Sixers, Rockets, Lakers, Celtics, Blazers, Jazz, and Raptors. The Indiana Pacers rank 15th in the power rankings. What do you guys think? I guess I'll start. 15th is, I mean, we're obviously going to say it's a little low, but without Victor coming back, I don't, I wouldn't, I would have been surprised if we were in the top 10 of a preseason power rankings. I think we're going to be floating around that five seed maybe early, and that's kind of right outside the top 10. I don't, maybe late in the season, hopefully, but at the end of the day, who gives a shit? Like, really? (laughs) What are we even talking about? I think uh, the Rockets are a little high because I don't, I really don't think Westbrook and Harden, like that combination is going to make a top 10 team. I don't know. Uh, I think, I, obviously, I think we're all going to say the paces are too low. Um, 
I just I think, but but it's realistic. It, like you mentioned, with Oladipo being out and a lot of question marks in the second second unit, I think it does make a ton of sense. But I think by the end of the year, which is, you know, we can say all we want, we have to temper our expectations until Oladipo gets back and, and until we have a little bit more chemistry, especially if we don't sign another veteran, which we all hope we do. But um, I think we want to be playing our best basketball at the end of the year. So I'll I'll take those you know power rankings a little more seriously. You know, more towards the end of the year. So I know that's not the Max Kellerman take we all want but it's just kind of my opinion on it. Well, how many how many Eastern Conference teams were above the Pacers? Do we know that? Uh, so we got the Bucks, we got the Sixers, Celtics, Raptors, oh, and then 11 through 15, I'm not sure, but I do know the Heat were ahead of them. Yeah, I so, don't know about the Heat. I don't understand that. They have made so many roster changes. Jimmy Butler, I think that's kind of a slap in the face, but, you know, the Pacers play best when they're the underdog, when they're you know, people are looking at them, overlooking them. So maybe that helps their, you know, mentality going into the season. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're going to prove these people wrong, and we're going to show why we're a top five team in the Eastern Conference. I mean, we've seen that underdog mentality for the last like three years. So why not just keep embracing it, and maybe we can actually win a first round playoff series? I mean, who knows? Yep. The yeah, the Raptors don't scare me one bit. Yeah, ESPN power rankings. Uh, I care about as much as summer league statistics. It's just kind of there. And fun for some fans, but I don't I don't pay much attention to it. Okay, and then I think we're this is a little bit off the reservation here for for just a second. But I was watching uh, first take today, which that's my fault. Um, but <laughs> there was there was this whole so last week it was Ryan Hollins versus Will Kane, which. You know, Will Kane's a pretty smart guy. He gave the Pacers a shout out, even retweeted our tweet and liked the tweet when we when we said thank you. Um, but um, this week, it's Ryan Hollins and Max Kellerman, two of the uh, dumbest guys at ESPN. And so they were arguing about who's better right now, Rajon Rondo or Chris Paul. Who would you rather have leading your team? Because Ryan Hollins said Rondo, and then Max Kellerman didn't even respond. He just laughed for the next 30 seconds like a lunatic. <laughs> I think if you're going to put money in there, that's the only thing that would swing it. If both players are playing for the same amount, then Chris Paul for a landslide. I think Rondo at this point, he's not a good shooter at all. He's obviously older, so is Chris Paul. But the money Paul's making, I just don't want to go anywhere near that. If they're both on basically minimum deals, Chris Paul all day, every day. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I'm taking Rondo. He's won a ship. Oh, <laughs> screw it. They both that, suck. That is yeah. true. He said screw it. They both suck. No, that's, right. that's, that's really interesting that uh, that Ryan Holland said Rondo. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why anybody would pick him. He's Rondo really dumb. He's, it's he, so bad that it, you know it's bad. he believes his stuff, which is so bad, too. Like, I, I mean, if he was doing it for a stick, you know, I mean, I'd be fine with it. But it's like, you know, he really believes what he's saying. He's just so stupid. I mean. Yeah, he I, makes Max Kellerman look smart, and that's that's doing something. Did, did you see where they had Amari Stoudemire on, and they showed the clip of Amari dunking on him? <laughs> that was, that was so great. No, Amari just like totally that. posters Ryan Hollins, and they're like, "Really, you guys are going to show that video with me in studio here with Amari?" And they're like, "Yeah." He's like, "I was so mad at Kevin Love for that." Kevin Love just steps out of the way, and I try to challenge the, the shot, and Amari just dunks all over my face. He's like, "That's so embarrassing." <laughs> It's like, man, I was like, you do that to yourself every day on talk shows. I mean, <laughs> yeah, even worse now. It's it's bad, but yeah. Well, is that all we have for the day's show? Around the, yeah, we don't around have the, a good way to end around the association. Yeah, we Start just always high, and then we end. We're just depleted by the end of yeah. that. So it's all like Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
Let me ask you this. So you're writing for eight points, nine seconds. Do you have anything like in the works that you're going to be working on? Well, I'll be honest with you here. Uh, this just kind of came together over the last couple of days. Um, I, I had previously written for a uh, football site, and so obviously basketball coach. Um, I just decided, hey, let's let's put in for you know the Pacers gig, eight points nine seconds. So it's at the very beginning stages, like literally, like emails, just talking through a couple of details and stuff like that. So I don't know officially when I'm going to be starting, but it'll give me something to do um, on my prep periods and stuff at school. So I'm pretty pumped about that. But we'll see. Where it goes. Um, I'm an English teacher, so that helps out a little bit. And I uh, help out quite a bit. If if you can't tell, I like to talk a lot, bullshit, and so it just it's perfect for a for a writer. So and you don't have a filter, and I have no filter, so which is perfect. Yeah. Now Tyler writes for Indie Sports Legends, and I I do most of the writing over at PacersTalk.net, the website we started. So you know, between the the six of us, there's three of us that are writing. So Fachi used to write a little bit, not too much now. I used to, yeah, for our old, one of our old sites, but uh, yeah, I gotta gotta get back into it. A little, little rusty right now. Yeah, hot. Chris, you guys write at all? No, no, we don't write. No, I more just listen. Yeah, I'm the guy that just listens to the idea. I'm the ideas guy, and then from there we just we just go. Yeah, I don't write. I don't read. I just listen to stuff. And uh... Chris is pretty much a rock. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, right on, guys. Well, I appreciate the collab. It's been fun. We'll have to do it yeah. again soon. Uh, thank Absolutely. you guys for, for hopping on here for the Super Pacers podcast, Born Ready to Set the Pace. You guys can follow uh, Born Ready to Pod at, I believe it's Born Ready to Pod on Twitter. You can follow right. us at Setting the Pace 3. And, and for all of our content, check out PacersTalk.net. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. Peace out, Pacer Nation. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Let's go, Pacers.